Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up, the TV pilot review podcast. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here, as always, with my good friend, former roommate, and co-host, Rich. Today, two-thirds of the stream team That's right. Uh, introduced. The, the tribunal uh, stream team is in session, as Rich and I have with us right now good personal friend, Friend of the network and today's guest, Rudy Mendoza. Ooh, welcome to the danger zone. All right, crowd. So that's exactly what you're going to get for the next whatever sixty minutes or so. Um, <laughs> Why don't you bring some of that energy to the to the top of our father? <laughs> danger zone with you, being all cloistered. Yeah. Come on, man. Bring that. Yeah. No, I love what you do, man. Yeah, he's great. As Rich said. Uh, just uh, we'll get to it later as well. But Rudy does run the Our Father podcast, curates that podcast, creator of it. Well, it is. Uh, I mean, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing fabricated about that podcast. You know, it's it's, it's, all. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. And and Rudy just drank Rich's water. That's okay though. Rich and I are very close. I, I yes. just want to say that since moving to Chicago, I've been like so close to Rich. Yeah, since move, I I feel, I don't want to speak for Rich, but I mean, I talk to Rich like. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that you want to you want to take my spot on this show? <laughs> that what you that what you're trying to say? Boys, 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 I love you both equally, um, but. Uh, that's really sweet. That's really nice. Uh, I, mean, I feel closer to Rich as well. You know, I've really <laughs> figured myself out here. Uh, no, it's been really cool. Like, we've known each other for a lot of years, uh, but we're, like, growing into this, like, adult chapter of our lives. Me, a little bit further into it than I'd like to be. Um, but, yeah, let's not get too sappy, huh? Sorry. I know. I was just about to say, it's easier to do this... Um, when the guest is more of a stranger, or we just don't like them as much, it's much easier to do. But when you have such a close personal friend, it's hard to stay on track. So uh, that will be my role for today. So again, um, thanks for tuning in, uh, everybody. Again, uh, Rudy is our guest for this episode. Uh, but uh, and to help get us back on track, I'll um, I'll start off by by asking Rudy, Rudy, dude, what you've been watching? What you watching? Oh my God. Okay, uh, this is no surprise to anybody, but. I- uh, I've been rewatching The Wire. Uh, Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I was uh, as I was walking up. You live on Bell Street, right? Yeah. So like, I just thought to myself, "Fucking Stringer, Stringer Bell, Bell Street." And speaking of Stringer Bell, uh, I just watched one episode of Luther. How is that on BBC? On the BBC? Yeah, I feel like that show is constantly like my number 12 mm-hmm. show on my shows that I need to watch, but like it keeps getting skipped for other shows. So it mm-hmm. just stays at number 12. Yeah. It's got this weird British show quality to it where, uh, it seems like something really important is happening, yeah. you know, all the time. And I don't quite know what's, what's happening. What that important thing <laughs> is. Uh, they're like hour and a half, like Sherlock. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. He's been nominated for like everything too for it. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, it's shot really, really well. Yeah. And you know, uh, Idris Elba is just a Greek god. I mean, he's yeah. so good looking. Yeah. You know, so charismatic. It's not fair. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I would definitely recommend you watching it, but I, I can't guarantee that you'll be like uh, enthralled into watching a second episode. Right. Yeah. Uh, Robert, have you ever watched any Luther? No, I have not. Um, and that show has been going on for a while, correct? I mean, I just like, I've known of it for what feels like years now. Um, but no, I haven't. But I would echo all the same sentiments. I mean, Idris Elba really super duper kicks ass. Anything else? You know, uh, not really. No, I don't have cable. Well, actually, I've been, I don't watch like serialized shows. I, I watch a lot of like uh, nighttime talk. I watch the Colbert uh, late show with Colbert a lot. How you know? I uh, I haven't watched like any full episodes of it, but I have seen you know some clips because that's more or less how I consume my late night programming is just viral clips on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. How is like his show as a whole? Because it seems like there's certain portions that are very similar and reminiscent of Colbert Report. He he's amazing. He does an excellent job. He had <clears throat> Bruce Willis as a guest. Yeah. The interview was uh, a fight scene with Bruce Willis. Goddamn. It was an eight minute, like, it was stunt doubles and everything, but they were like throwing each other, like, into like, like, pratfall, like, tables and chairs and shit. Like, that's like, that, that's what you do. Like, why would you talk to, what are you gonna talk to Bruce Willis about? <laughs> His fucking shitty band. <laughs> also, that's like, one show out of a week of shows, you know. Again, it's like if you could pull that off once a season, that level of thought. It's like, oh, that's really incredible. It's like, oh yeah, well that was Tuesday. <laughs> Tomorrow, you know, Jessica Alba is going to be here, and we'll be surfing while we do it. You know, pretty impressive. Um, one time I was just flipping through, and he had um, <clears throat> this like circus act that was just cats. So it was like cats walking like a tightrope and stuff. And he was just kind of like doing the circus acts with the cats. <laughs> this is like great, you know, just stumbling through channels like, yeah, you're going to stop on that channel and just keep watching that. That reminds me of the cats from uh, from Key West. You ever been to Mallory Square down in Key West? No. There's a guy that has like the Mallory Square cats and he has them do like all the fucking high wire circus acts like during the sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that's exactly what I thought of. But <laughs> it'd be cool if that's the cats he got. <laughs> what about you, Robert? What you been watching? Um, not a lot of new stuff, uh, unfortunately. Um, haven't seen a lot, although I'm excited to uh, have this Hulu app that I've had for a few weeks now. Again, it's really given me... Uh, a lot of the shows that I'm just way more interested in. I um, over the course of a few weeks, I've seen uh, some more Simpsons. I, I've talked about it on past episodes, but just hammered through all the Venture Brothers. Um, so I watched like seasons three through five, and after talking about it on one episode, and then I just went back and started watching from one again, um, and watched a lot of other Adult Swim shows. I started watching some Harvey Birdman, uh, a little bit of C Lab, and Aqua Teen Hunger for- Force. Also. Um, not a correction from a previous episode, but Mike Laszlo is the name of the programming director okay. for Adult Swim and the, the head of, of Adult Swim and William Street. And he started out as Turner's programming director for their cartoon block back in the 90s. Um, so that was interesting uh, to watch some of that stuff. Also, some Simpsons, which is on Hulu. And... This, I don't think The Simpsons ever went away. Like, I've heard criticisms of people like, well, it's just not the same, but Simpsons is is very different from what it used to be, but very entertaining. I feel like The Simpsons are kind of in that 
SNL territory where people are more have a, a greater affinity towards the Simpsons that they grew up with. Yeah. Than like, you know, current day. Yeah. But again, it was like they it's and that's it, understandable, but they're still cranking out quality. Yeah. Quality, you know, jokes and episodes and things like that. And, you know, what, like 25, 26 years on, it's mm-hmm. no easy task. Um, and then, excuse me, the final thing is Shameless. I just, I have not, I saw one episode of Shameless like a month yeah, ago. Yeah, we talked about that. And I just have just been thinking about it. And I just want to watch Shameless. Um, it's just very... Uh, what was the term somebody said? Kind it's like, like burrowed a, into your brain, like a sit drama, or it's like a, it's kind of almost like a soap drama, a okay. soap com. That's okay. how somebody described. It. It's like rather than a sitcom, it's a soap com because it's so dramatic and storyline yeah. driven. But yeah, it does. I just want to watch more of that. Okay. I also uh, on Hulu heard a lot of good things about the Triumph the Insult comic uh, special. Oh, Rudy would be the one to speak about this, yeah. yeah. Um, I just binged watched a bunch of the stuff uh, online. Um, he's and I posted a, a clip recently um, where he followed the Ted Cruz campaign for like a day in Iowa. Yeah. Oh, man. It was really funny. Um, so w- w- Robert and I were just talking about Insult uh, Triumph, the Insult comic dog. Yeah. And, you know, he's been around forever. Yeah, Robert. Robert Smigel. Uh, just in all the fantastic things he's done in his career. And just, like, the character's so funny. I mean, the, just, like, the physical comedy of the cigar falling out of his mouth every five seconds. Yeah. I mean, like, the, what's funny to me now about it is watching him growing up, that always just so frustrated me. Like, I didn't, it didn't, it was, didn't make me laugh. Yeah. I was like, why does he keep dropping the cigar? Yeah. And the super long, <laughs> the super long paw in the hand. Yeah. That's, like, that's attached like, to everything. Yeah. Completely like separate stick that just sort of like <laughs> orbits around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, and, you know, he's like the modern day uh, jester, you know, like. You know, be a total buffoon, but say all the things everybody wants to say directly to these guys' faces. It's it's really cathartic to watch. Yeah, again, and good time for it too. Again, we're just again in a very sort of PC sense of area, and um, yeah, it's nice to have Triumph come in and sort of lay waste to a lot of people. <laughs> well, I love how layered it is too, because not only is Triumph an insult comic, and He's, he's making whoever he's talking to the butt of the joke, but then they're also the butt of the joke because they're talking to this inanimate <laughs> puppet in a way that they're not in on it as if they were on like the Muppets. Like they're actually trying to engage with this thing that they don't know what it's going to say back. Uh, and that's just, and usually in a public place. Uh, it's it's great. And it's been going on for f- over, what, a decade and a half now? A really long time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, I have uh, tried some stuff. Some stuff came back. Um, there's some cool stuff going on. Uh, we're about probably like halfway through the second season of Man uh, Seeking Woman. Okay. And for the first like full season and then like three or four episodes into the second season, everything was pretty bottled um, and, you know, like in and of itself. Uh, and they're starting to put out together like this sort of connective storyline. Okay. Um, yes. With this one particular love interest. And uh, it's really fucking funny and really good. And it's no surprise that they're pulling it off. Yeah. And it's definitely worth mentioning. Check the show out. On Great. FX Network. Yeah. And you're watching it through means. Means. Gotcha. <laughs> Understood. 
Uh, and then um, Walking Dead's back, uh, and that's been absolutely amazing. Rudy, are you a Walking Dead man? Yes, but I um, I don't have cable, and I'm not like watch. So I wait till like Netflix comes out and then binge watch the season. Okay. So I'm I'm a little bit behind. So I'm sorry for. Well. That's no problem. Again, I am I am not, so I am the most uninformed about it. But you know, is it meeting expectations, Rich? Or it's you? been phenomenal so far. Uh, the first episode back from midseason break uh, was just wall to wall, nonstop, just a fucking thrill ride and insane things happening. And then the second episode in uh, was. Mm-hmm sometimes like a lot of people don't like this shit. I fucking love it. Uh, it's them playing house. Okay. Walls are up, you know, it's a few months later and like things are pretty chill. Yeah. Uh, and I, just, I fucking love that shit. Cause then you get to see like other parts of their personality and you get to like breathe for a second and you can just kind of like hang out with these people. You can actually find out whether you like them or not. Yeah. You know? And definitely an essential part of the storytelling because you got to, like you said, take those moments. You couldn't have it wall-to-wall action every episode. Yeah. It just, you know, it would be overwhelming. Whereas, like, this is going to better set up, you know, a payoff later in the season. Yeah, speaking of payoff later in the season, uh, I mean, like, Better Call Saul's back as well. And that's just, even, even for a lackluster episode, you're still going to, like, not we gonna not keep watching because it later on it's gonna be amazing yeah and you don't want to be the asshole that's like oh yeah i gave up power through season two it's like well it's your fucking fault um i also tried to watch another fx show mullet actually asked if i was watching it uh it was the zach galifianakis show called baskets yeah uh, either you guys know anything about it or watched any episodes or anything? Have just seen the promos for it. So, um, you know, I was a big fan. I will say, I wouldn't actually, just super quickly, um, I kind of had a problem with this promotion. There was like a, a one-minute commercial, whatever. He's in like a fine jewelry store. He's looking at clown noses. And it's kind of like the seriousness, but he's also looking at clown noses. But then he steals uh, a, like an article at the very end of this commercial and from like a like one of the pieces of jewelry he's inspecting, and to me, um, it, from like my comic brain, it was like two different jokes to me, and I didn't think it made for a real great trailer. I was like, so what's the joke? Is it that he's a an upscale clown or takes clowning seriously, or that he is like a a petty not like a petty thief, but he's an upscale clown who can't afford to take it seriously anymore? So I don't know. What did you think of actually? I haven't seen it. I'm very yeah. familiar with the like the promos that he's been cutting. Um, Louis C.K. is directing it, uh, producing it. Um, the, this is a weird point in Zach Galifianakis' Zach Galifianakis's career. You know, post uh, all the Hangover yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like he's in a really like self hatred mode. That's that's the vibe I get. You know, that's the vibe I get on his face when I look at like the posters and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's like in love with himself. It well, one, uh, it bring like uh, for most of the show, I keep thinking about that conversation that you and I had, Robert, about clowns. Yeah. Um. So that's very distracting. Uh. But then also just like when you take the idea of of what Zach Galifianakis is now. Like, he's already, you know, he's done all the movies that he'll ever have to do to, like, buy more farms uh, or whatever the fuck it is that he wants to do. Uh, 
And he is when he's not doing them, when he's just doing stuff that he wants to do, he's very he's borderline brilliant uh, very often. Also, if you ever had a chance to watch a little docuseries that was on Comedy Central called Enjoy It, it was about Brody Stevens, who's like just a stand up comedian out in L.A. And he um, and he's like best friends with with Galifianakis. He produced the series and you just see a side of him that's just like silly and playful which you never fucking see and it's really cool uh but that's besides the point for galifianakis like he's one of those guys that i i trust to to be operating at a level that's maybe above my head so like half the shit that happens in the show it's either it's either are you just half-assing two things like like that promotion that you saw or it's like do you think this is funny? Are you doing something that you think is funny? Because there's a few jokes in here where I don't think you would like. Right, exactly. You know, but like you have the freedom to do whatever you want. Right. You know, you don't have to make a Hangover 4 or a campaign or anything like that. Yep. You know? Um, Louis attached to it, mm-hmm. which, you know, should speak for itself. Another yeah. person who has a sense of humor, has the level of success that he'd never be strong-armed into doing something yeah. he didn't feel like doing. But yeah, a very peculiar type of... Just the whole, even just the premise is like... I mean, maybe it's weird. Uh, it's it like, mi- this is the best you got? Like, you're two of the funniest yeah. people, and this is what you got? It might have to still find itself. I'll tell you one thing right now that is fucking nails, and it wasn't good enough to keep me watching, although apparently something even... I was talking to Malat the other day, and apparently, like... Something fantastic happens. Uh, but Louis Anderson is in this show. And he is fucking fantastic in wow. this show. Do you guys know what part he plays? No. Do you guys mind if hey, I... Go ahead. He plays Zach Galifianakis's mother. <laughs> and he plays his mother, like, with so much, like, heart and levity wow. and and while still being grounded and still playing it just straight. It's just so straight and playing it the way that you guys will definitely get this. The way that you should, if you're a male, the way you should play playing a female in like an improv scene or a sketch or something. You're not being a caricature of a woman. You're inhabiting a woman. And it's, and it's fucking fantastic. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's 2016, <laughs> and Louis Anderson is having one of the best performances on FX. That's amazing. I just flash back to, what year did Coming to America come out? 87? 87. So that was 29 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And just imagining him in that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, yeah. And like then said, they'll move me to fries. I'm really glad that you, you know, again, bring that up. And again, not to geek out or anything, but that's a great analogy. And I can envision that and envision how good it is to see somebody approach a you know that role you know of a mother or just a female yeah and do it in a real way and again like that to me is like that's something i could see uh galifianakis or louis ck being like this is yes we're gonna do this yeah because if you wouldn't ordinarily think to do it we know that we can pull it off through talent and just the right approach and it's a really fucking funny idea i uh (laughs) heard i heard a story where they were like auditioning people for that part and Galifianakis is like, well, I want, I want like a a Louis Anderson type, and Louis was just like, well, let's just call Louis and see, <laughs> see what he's doing. And then like a second later, Louis was on the phone with Louis, 
<laughs> and and getting him on the show. Um, and then finally, the last show that I started watching that also uh, premiered since we last spoke uh, is the Netflix original series Love. You guys heard anything about this? No. It's the one with uh, Paul Rust and Gillian Anderson, uh, uh, co-produced uh, by uh, Judd Apatow. Gillian Anderson from the X. From uh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's Gillian Jacobs. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm from Community. From Community. Yeah. Gillian Gillian J- uh, Anderson. Okay. Yes, that's right. No, um, wait, yeah, like, who do you think? Gillian Anderson is, is, is Scully. Fuck me. I'm looking this up. <laughs> yeah, Gillian Anderson is Scully. And Gillian Jacobs then? Yes. Gillian Jacobs? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, whatever. Let's call you out, dog. Fuck you. No, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> well, whatever. I've seen the show. You guys haven't. You don't know. Well, I th- yeah, I was like, oh, well. Wow, this has been a calendar year for Gillian Anderson. It's like, wow, coming back hard. Sure, I'll do this X Files, fucking whatever. By the way, has anyone watched any of that? I have not watched any of those. My understanding is it's it's like it's okay, and if you're a diehard, it's like yay. But like the retread is just like it's not there, you know, or or it, it's not. I don't know, just like maybe time passed it by or something, you know. In a day yeah. like where there's so many other crazy like Mr. Robots, Better Call Saul's, yeah. it's like we're really pushing it pretty hard. Like you got to bring your A game, yeah, not your like '90s A game, and. Uh, so forgive me if I get the name of one actor on one show wrong. I watch Ever. at least like fucking 12 hours of television a week minimum. Totally. Maybe that's just a wrestling a week. My brain is fried. What just what worries me is that she's pretty famous. That was the thing is like you and you can pull out you'll pull out like tertiary character actor names like it's incredible. <laughs> I don't even I don't even go for character names anymore. I go for like pronouns. I'm like the main dude, yeah, <laughs> and this guy, and then the other dude. Fucking big face and big face and and uh, Desi Arnaz. <laughs> uh, but have you guys like read anything about this show no. or anything? Um, I I fucking it's a show where I get really into it when I'm watching it, and I'm very much am glad that I'm watching it in the moment, and then I get. Uh, away from it, you know, I get a few hours removed from it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was fine. That's how I spent a couple <laughs> of episodes, yeah. uh, which I feel like is Apatow just in general. It's like when you watch it, you you might be really enjoying it, and then two and a half hours passes by, and you leave the theater, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I guess I was all right. But like while you're watching, you're like, yes, this is great. Um, and but it is, it's really good. Um, I like watching it. A lot of Really good performances. Fucking Kyle Kinane's a, a, a character that keeps coming back up, and he's fucking great. No one's talking about him at all. He's fantastic. Um, uh, I really like uh, Gillian Jacobs uh, a lot in this show. Um, apparently, the original title for this show was Trainwreck, nice. uh, and then Avatar was just like, I'm going to borrow that for the movie. <laughs> we'll figure something out for that. <laughs> But it's argue like you can argue that she is more of a train wreck in love than Schumer was in train wreck. Um, but yeah, I've seen like a lot of super positive things written about it, but then I've seen like a lot of like not so uh, flattering things written about like its portrayal of women. Can you, uh, but I think that's just from women that have a very specific experience of being a woman. Like there's many different experiences yeah. that we as people have. 
Well, the funny thing is that every person is actually having an individual experience. And it's pretty exactly. it's pretty exactly. For whatever reason our culture doesn't really like to to acknowledge that a lot. But yeah, totally. And we do have types of, of people and, yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, the awkward guy. Oh, the, the mean girl, whatever. Yeah. But like <laughs> it's if you're not if you're really hammering down on like the decisions that this that the writers are having this character make like maybe that's just because those aren't the decisions that you would make yeah. as a person is there like a conceit or something to it or are we just this is kind of like a millennial type romantic um like like slightly thing? um like are there any uh, ghosts uh give me a ghost not or yet something. not yet Damn it. not yet whatever happened to uh, ghosts in romance <laughs> Uh, Ghost of Girlfriend. You ever see that one movie with uh, what's his name, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore and shit? Oh, it'll come to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's just it's it's a, a like a, a thirty-one and a thirty-two-year-old just like meet, and it's very it is it, it's it's very much another show where just two people in their thirty-somethings meet. In Silver Lake, LA, and there's like five other shows like it right now at the same time. I won't even hate on the shows. I'm hating on us. Like we got to do more interesting shit <laughs> than just meet and maybe <laughs> fall in people. love. Yeah, yeah, that maybe. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But it's 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 a it's a good show full of really good performances. Again, yeah. Canadian's great. Uh, Claudia Darity is great. Um, she's this like comedian from Australia. She's fucking fantastic in the show. Cool. Um. Really dig it. I just really dig the show, like a lot of the performances. Watch it for the people. Let those people get paid. Come on. There we go. Totally, totally. But uh, that's <laughs> those are the couple things I've been watching. Um, shall we? Shall we pivot? Yeah, we can do that. Um, we can step right into uh, our pick this week, which did come courtesy of uh, our wonderful guest Rudy. So uh, thank you for that, Rudy. You're welcome. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, if uh, Oh, we'll get to that later. Uh, if you're interested in a pick, like I said, we'll get to that later. Uh, but if you listened to last week's episode and Rich's elevator pitch, you would know that we watched the U.S. version of Kitchen Nightmares starring Gordon Ramsay. Uh, that was the show selected by Rudy. And um, uh, I didn't do a ton of my research. So when did that come out? Any uh, idea? 2007 is when the U.S. Uh, version came out. Do you know when the U.K. version started? 2004. Okay, oh four. Okay, two thousand four for the original UK version. Two thousand seven for this one. Rudy, um, how about you just tell us a little bit about like why you chose this show, your relationship to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this show. I've seen every episode of it. Um, of both uh, of series, both the UK version and the US version. Holy shit! I started watching this a couple of years ago, um, and I think what drew me to it, well, obviously Gordon Ramsay. I mean, he's the, he's the focal point of the show. But uh, what's just so intoxicating about the show is it's basically the same episode over and over again. Um, but it's and 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 the US version is is basically it's. It's basically a bowl of M and M's. You know, it's it's like it, there's not a whole lot of depth to it, but it's it's really entertaining to see um, a, an idiot get their comeuppance, and that's that's basically the theme of every show. Gotcha. There's some moron, <laughs> real big moron who's been fucking up, and then Gordon Ramsay comes and just tells the truth. 
<laughs> and then and there you have it. And then they go through the stages of grief. You know, they're like fucking pissed. Denial. Yeah, denial. Denial. And then the anger. anger. Didn't they mention that on the show too? I'm pretty sure like they did. They mentioned that. Uh, I cannot recall, but uh, that would be very apt. Yeah, totally. Yeah, denial, anger. Then they start crying, yep. sadness, and then like uh, acceptance. I think. Yeah. Oh, bargaining is in there somewhere. <laughs> like I swear to God, like I'll just make this deal. And then finally, yeah, acceptance, acceptance. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up like loving Gordon Ramsay, and then like a month later, the restaurant closes down. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's it's really amazing. Yeah. So again, and again, sorry to just retread it all, but again, that's Chef Gordon Ramsay uh, is coming in to problem restaurants. So he's coming, uh, this restaurant, either, you know, um, multitude of problems. In this episode in particular, it was everything. It was staff, it was operations, it was the equipment, it was everything. And again, forceful personality that he is, um, he's going to come in, he's going to lay down the law and scream at a bunch of people and hopefully improve the restaurant. Now, I mean, like how did... Where did Gordon Ramsay come from? Yeah. Because he seems like he was all, he is a real chef, mm-hmm. and he's a real nutcase. Mm-hmm. But, like, how did how did that happen? So he was, uh, he was a chef uh, in England, and there was a documentary that got made um, on him in, the, in his kitchen. And he was an absolute animal. Like, you see him just, like, grabbing people by the neck and, like, screaming at them for, like, cutting asparagus the wrong way or, like... You know, just he's like he's totally vicious, but he's he's totally like the stereotypical psychopath, like anything at all costs uh, for for success. You know. Well, also, was he like wrong about any of those things? That's the thing. Is it's I mean, it, it's it's a similar argument that's that's made in in um, uh, what's this movie? Uh, the drummer movie that we that I'm watching. Whiplash. Them. Whiplash. Yeah. Right. So like, do the ends justify the means? Right. You know, he's clearly an amazing chef. Right. Right. But in the process, he's, you know, ruining people's lives. Yeah. Um, so it, it is a similar thing, you know. Um, and to answer your question, like, I don't know. I mean, how much do you value a really amazing <laughs> restaurant experience? Yeah. Enough to get screamed at and humiliated. Yeah. Now. That's kind of another thing I have here. Um, so this is done in this is reality television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's reality television. What's the relationship between? And I I know I'm asking you like you produce the show. And I know you don't. <laughs> but like between the three of us, like what's the relationship between what's planned? Like how much mm-hmm. is this? Like we just let the camera roll. I mean, in this um, premiere episode, if you watch, obviously there is just like a very just apt antagonist, just this super Guido Jersey Shore piece of shit dude. Who's just like full of himself and not helping in any way. So it's like it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of that is arranged, you know? Well, that was uh, part of the thing that uh, I mean, it was definitely a distracting element when I was watching it yeah. because there were certain things that were just so um, fucking. What's the 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 word that I'm looking for here? Uh, just so. Glaring, glaring, and just so pre-planned and uh, produced and um, artificial. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, I'll, I'll fucking come up with the word in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> there was manufactured, manufactured. Yeah, uh, that, ghost. Like, that was the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um. 
like send another bookie in yeah, like yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah where it's just like so just come on or like you know how many times do the producers have to like egg so and so on to like make them cry or something yeah. like that um so there were certain things you try to like just in your own head try to edit around right uh but still there's other things where it's just like even if this guy had half a brain <laughs> and he was set up to say this, he wouldn't have fucking said it. So that means this has got to be something this guy really fucking thinks. Uh, I loved the conversation that that the 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 owner of, this, of Pete or Peter's Italian mm-hmm. restaurant, Peter. Yeah, well, Peter, right? he's yeah. he's not he's not actually the owner. His his, his sister his, Tina, yeah. his yeah. poor sister Tina, the mook. The- <laughs> So yeah, uh, but he's like running the place though, mm-hmm. um, and using it like his fucking piggy bank. Mm-hmm. He has this conversation with with uh, Gordon Ramsay um, about like you know his his expenses of taking care of himself, and Gordon's just like uh, he says, yeah, the only thing that uh, is fake on me is my teeth. <laughs> and then they have a conversation about like what, what does that mean? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, I gotta, you know. He's a uh, uh, veneers in or whatever. He's like, like, what do you do? He's like, I brush my teeth twice a day. Yeah. What the fucking fuck is that shit? Yeah, he comes in, uh, you know, and there are, you know, given all that. And, and then there's uh, material things like the walk-in freezer in the subsize, like, is a shit show. I mean, like, well, I mean, I don't know. You could, I mean, that's the thing is, like, that was gross. and. Yeah. It is. It was distracting. Like I said, it. I got very much into my head about a lot of elements of the show. It's like, is this a plant? Mm-hmm. Is this real? Like, what? Uh, what exactly is going on? So, I guess my opinion on the, the plants versus non-plant th- thing is like, I'm not. I'm not kidding myself that that there aren't any plants. But uh, I, I, I see. I justify it as sort of like a means to an end. You know, like. I'm sure that that does happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that there are debt collectors that come stumbling into that restaurant every once in a while, right. you know? And this that that guy's reaction where he gets all bent out of shape and has his friends hold him back, you know? That was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Like, that was, like, w- what the whole show, like, boiled down to, is you just had these two maniacs. <laughs> like, that guy was a fucking <laughs> maniac. <laughs> Like, don't get it confused. He was not playing it up for the cameras. Uh, that was, like, real raw emotion. Uh, and then, like, Gordon Ramsay is also a maniac. And it had him going, like, wait. Let's all take a breath here. Well, well, like, he's a, Gordon, my Gordon Ramsay is a maniac for the truth. Sure. I rarely, sure. I rarely have Gordon hear Gordon Ramsay say something and say that's just wrong. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah, he's saying the right thing. Uh, also, another thing that I that I really liked about uh, Gordon Ramsay because this is I always usually steer away from cooking shows and cooking competition shows and cooking reality shows just because. I know myself, I'll fucking fall right in with everyone else. It's a reason why people that I know and respect and I think are smart, intelligent people fucking find themselves ass deep in their couch oh, every yeah. Saturday, Sunday watching oh marathons of this shit. When, when the whoever it was pitched the Food Network 20 years ago, yeah. it was like, what? A, all right, thanks a lot. You could have just said you had nothing. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and meanwhile, again, here we are talking about a 
a beloved <laughs> network genre anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I normally steer clear of shows like this, and and for good reason, because right. this was a highly addicting show, and I, I immediately wanted to watch another episode. Um, but I also dug that uh, he wasn't just like there telling them everything they're doing wrong and what they should be doing right. He fucking rolled up his sleeves. He got in there. Yeah. That Big, the big night, he's in there fucking in the kitchen cooking with them. Yeah. And, you know, trying to help out and trying to, like, be part of the solution. He's actually, like, trying to provide a solution. Right. Which is impossible because, like you said, they all end up closing a month later yeah. anyway because all the issues are deep-seated. Yeah. Like, these were familial issues oh, yeah. that were not just going to... You know, go away overnight. Oh, yeah. A couple new ovens are not going to fix the family <laughs> dynamic that's going in there. I agree, though. You know, and I just want to again pile on the, the praise for Gordon Ramsay. Um, I I don't like shows like this. I didn't like that. I don't like drama. I don't like ha whether it's fake or real. I don't like having to confront how awful this race is and of human beings. Um, so I the don't, Italian people just so that, but just in general, you know. And I don't I don't like manufactured. Um, fake real drama. I yeah. mean, I love fiction. Sure. But I don't like fake <laughs> real drama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I think, you know, again, and I'm not saying anything anyone hasn't thought, but like Gordon Ramsay, you know, it's like we got an authentic personality, a charismatic personality. And again, you know, there's both like the little quips, the funniness, there's a, the rage that's boiling over. But, you know, I think what's really driving that show and making it kick ass. And you can see that in a lot of um, in cooking programs. I think the ones that stick around and have longevity um, have that the cult of personality of someone. One of my favorites, and Rachel might know a little bit of this, I'm a huge Alton Brown fan of Good Eats and then later Cutthroat Kitchen and, you know, all sorts of shows like that. And it's just, it's driven by a personality. Yeah, I um. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not. I would catch uh, a few episodes of like the uh, whatever it's called. It's like the Great uh, British Bake Off or whatever it is. It's on Netflix, uh, and and Liz would be watching every now and then, and I would just like sit down and watch with her. And it was the most. It was just so uh, uh, opposite, like all of the American co uh, competition cooking shows. Because, like, everyone was very cordial with each other. Like, everyone was just a fucking sweetheart. You were just pulling for everybody. Anytime someone got eliminated, you wept for them. <laughs> like, there were no good guys and bad guys. Everybody was just goddamn nice. Isn't that boring? <clears throat> it wasn't. Because you got <laughs> into, like, what they were fucking making. And you did have favorites over some. Um, but, like, it, it really wasn't boring. It was... It helps that you know they're really you know these and they're like real. They were real people too. They like weren't professionals. They would go home right. during the week and just practice baking for their family for the next week. Um, you know, a couple things. One of my sister Kelly's favorite shows for a long time was Cake Boss, which I think it might be a combination. Not just a literal combination between the two, but a spiritual combination of like, there's the family drama and there's like, oh no, you know, in every episode there's like an arc of like, um, it's usually we're not going to have the cake ready in time or something. <laughs> but um, she just always commented about like the love of the family was so apparent and it, and it was. And, you know, not to take anything away from the appeal that you find, Rudy, but um, I guess I would err more on that side as well. Like I like the cordialness. I like the, again, with Good Eats and stuff, it's the science and the interesting factoids behind that stuff. Um, 
But yeah, you know, kind of interesting that these cooking shows can have such a range. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, cl- clearly what draws me about the show is Gordon Ramsay's just ability to cut through the someone's bullshit in like five words or less. Uh, you know, just like yeah. totally say the exact right thing to say. Well, I think also uh, another big comparison for uh, another very successful show that's in this pretty much the same exact vein is Bar Rescue. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I was going to say, and not to derail, but something to think about like, what else would you like to see him do? Like Gordon Ramsay. Like, where else could you put Gordon Ramsay or the man from Bar Rescue outside of the, the restaurant bar arena? Look, I mean, I think he'd be an amazing couples counselor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would, I would, I mean, that would be a, a very depressing job, but I think he'd be really, really good at that. Yeah, he would like cut to the core of what the fucking problem is. You know, he'd be an amazing personal trainer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if he was, if he did that, if like he was my personal trainer, oh my god, <laughs> I'd be so ripped. He'd be. Uh, I want to see him <laughs> place first in a Chris Jericho lookalike contest. You're right. Oh like my, holy oh shit, my dude! God, I couldn't stop thinking about that the whole episode. Has he ever done any promotional appearance for WWE? Uh no, no. That's, uh, That's money on the fucking floor, man. Yeah, dude. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. WrestleMania is coming up. Let's get Gordon Ramsay up in this Gordon bitch. Ramsay. I would love to see Gordon Ramsay go into fucking Vince McMahon's office and tell him all the <laughs> shit he could be doing better. That would be it. That oh. would be the highest rated fucking show my dick could give a rating to. You don't give the mid- right shots to the right wrestlers. Yeah, antiquated ideas. Who the hell are you? That would be amazing. Why do I have deja vu all of a sudden? I feel like we fucking talked about the same exact thing in the same exact fucking context. Holy shit, this feels familiar. Uh, this feels so fucking familiar right like now. I remember that. I know, because it's brilliant. You did. You had deja vu. Like, you saw... You did... I, you saw this either in a dream or in real life. Yeah. You saw this moment before yeah. it happened. And Fuck, then man. we just felt like we had to make it true for you. No, Fucking no. ring yeah. rescue. Fuck yeah, dude. Ring rescue. God, I'd watch anything. I'd love to see him train dogs. Uh, anything like that. Again, just that personality is just like fantastic. Yeah, he's a uh, very... Um, <clears throat> very charismatic, and he's got a lot of chemistry with like a lot of the people he's on on screen with. Could we send him through time? Maybe this would be like a cartoon, but like Gordon Ramsay through history, and he could like combat like different figures throughout history, something like that. That would be fun. Or just like businesses that just didn't make, or like bad business ideas or something like that. Like put him in the room with the clear Pepsi people or something. <laughs> I would like to talk about the UK version. Okay, yeah, I, I, I wanted to bring that, that up. So, so. It is like the most obnoxious thing to say, but the UK version is is a million times better than the US version. Um, so, uh, you know, the US version has all those like musical things in in here to say like this guy's an idiot. You know, dunk dunk dunk. You know that music. Quite literally, that music is in the episode. Yeah, and I. That's the other type of shit that I hate because it's it's hand holding. Yeah, or the or the hand holding inspiring moment, like slow piano playing kind of thing. Like you need to feel sorry. Like it has none of that shit. So and on top of that, you have like an anonymous narrator guy that you never see or hear, or you only hear. Um, in the UK version, 
it's more like a, a documentary series yeah where he is the narrator himself so you get to like watch scenes and have him like underscore like comment on what is happening in that moment um he has like asides like the, the moments just feel like much more real um yeah i don't know you you get a better sense of like their life outside of the kitchen the you mean the uh the 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 people he's helping out yes yeah what i mean did you see again like cause just because from this first episode of this u.s series it was almost it's a it's cartoon yeah, yeah it's, it starts Gordon Ramsay goes to Jersey Shore. Yeah, what happened. exactly. And I don't know if you noticed, like, little things like he gets picked up by Peter at the airport or whatever he yeah. is at, and there's, like, Mission Impossible text on the bottom, like, yeah. I don't know if you some, Yeah, I did it's, notice something like that. <laughs> and so in the UK version, like, are, like, what are the... You think it's even more authentic about the people? Yes. And that they're really, like, just real struggling yes. restaurateurs? Yes, you feel like they're actual human beings and not caricatures... You know, it's, you know, it's like, uh, we were just talking about Commedia dell'arte, you yeah. know? So like U.S. version is, is very much like the fat, stupid guy, yeah. you know, or like the mean old lady or yeah. whatever, you know? I can't remember the, the, the term, but it's the full on, it's like the puppets hitting each other. Like the two puppets, like whacking each other over the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, and the U.K. version is more like, I don't know, uh. A really good documentary. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm just a huge fan of that one. Well, and I wish he would have. What probably happened, he did it for three years. Uh, and he, he probably just got offered a bucket load of money. Yeah, you know? I'm sure he did. To come over and do the, an American version. I'm sure he was doing concurrently with Hell's Kitchen at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, like I, I mean, again, for my personal feelings, like, the the show I found I didn't like watching just because again let's and maybe that's intent if it's not if that wasn't their intention like certainly it was because of all the elements that were intentional and like whether that's how dumb these people actually are or if they're playing it up but all the cues all the assistance everything pretty unappealing I mean I could see loving Gordon Ramsay enough to want to keep watching but this like to me this is a YouTube clip like i'm gonna go find best of gordon ramsay it's 20 minutes long and it's him like just ripping assholes open totally fair you and you probably save yourself several hours of time or or go and watch the uk version yeah yeah uh so are we are we making the calls i think it'd be a good time too only because i preemptively started it but, um <laughs> yeah again like i said i just as a as a as an audience member, I don't like this. I just can't get down with drama of this kind of weirdness. I don't like these. I don't like reality television, and I would not, um, I would not pick it up. That's me personally. Again, I can see the benefits of it. So maybe as a producer, I do. I'd rework something with Gordon Ramsay, but um, yeah, I was not into it. But uh, I could totally understand how you would be. Uh, I I would. Be the person like sitting on the couch all day going like, oh, God. Oh, why do you? Oh, my God. This person is such a fucking douchebag or what an asshole. Oh, my God. Oh, there's another one on. Yes. Yes. Uh, and yeah, man. I mean, like sometimes like I could see 
just fucking letting a bunch of these build up on the DVR and then just fucking going nuts. Like I would, <laughs> I would watch the shit out of this show again. I'd watch I, again. It was one of those things where I wanted to watch the next one like right away. Uh, and just because it's, it is, it's, it's not even so much like how in the late nineties you had, you had car crash television. This is more like train wreck television. Uh, and I just want to see the next fucking train wreck and, and the attempt to like, basically this genre of television is the movie unstoppable. (laughs) You know, you know what's going to happen and you want to see Gordon Ramsay just try to stop the train. Yeah. And then it, you know, it stops it for a little bit. It slows it down. It slows it down. Uh, but not enough. Um, like at the end of this episode, fucking that Peter guy was like, "I'm gonna name my first kid after Gordon Ramsay." Like, fuck off. That's great. What's the next asshole gonna say he's gonna do? Uh, so I, I picked this the fuck up. Um, and 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 the UK version is probably like even better for completely different reasons. But for the reasons that this was produced, like this is professionally, like the the producers of this show have what they're doing down to a science, yeah. down to the shitty music, yep. to fucking make the masses know how to feel about every single person. Yep. Um, and you just put this this fucking strong character in the middle of all of it. It's a winning recipe. Recipe. <laughs> I'm gonna have trouble topping that. Um, so, from a from like a business perspective, this show is money in the bank. Yeah. To sh- I mean, to shoot it, it costs nothing. Yeah. Besides, you're paying Gordon Ramsay to be there for however many days. Well, and a new kitchen. And a new kitchen. I'm yeah, assuming right. he, they just, buy them a new kitchen yeah. every, every show. Every show. Oh man, what if they? What if it'd be stone cold if they like pulled back all the equipment? Oh, no. it's like, all right, well, good luck. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> yeah. Every episode. Uh, like first episode, they installed overnight brand new kitchen equipment. <laughs> episode two, they installed overnight slightly used once <laughs> kitchen equipment. <laughs> By the end of the season, it's fucking greasy and stained and shit. Yeah. Episode twenty four is like overnight they installed Gordon Ramsay's own personal favorite broken in you know kitchen. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I would, I would pick it up. Um, I think that it, it would definitely go against my conscience because I know I'm contributing to like the dumbing down of the of, of America, you know, for my own personal gain. This um, is this is if you were like this the network exact correct. Sure, yeah, it's 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 on your shoulders. Yeah, you know, and just quick interjection: it's not even that this show is dumbing down America. America's this dumb. You know, it's like, this is just showing me the light that I don't want to see. But yeah, but go on. Um, so, but, but at the same time, I, I do believe in like a balance in the universe. And I think what you're starting, my opinion, and you guys are way closer to TV than I am. So you, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. But I think the tide is turning on reality television. You know, there's a reason why Breaking Bad and shows like this are, you know, Com- like few people are so passionate about it is because everything else on TV is bullshit reality uh, crap, right? And so I think shows like this, like there, there is a peak point where people will stop giving a shit about reality television. The, the bubble bursts. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, because also there's just so fucking much of it yeah, as well. Yeah, there's so much of it. So throwing more logs on the fire, I think, will get us past this phase. Yes and no, man. I mean, there's <laughs> there's shows that just are fucking juggernauts and just won't be stopped. Like, people, again, people we respect and like as people yeah. love The Bachelor. Uh-huh. Go oh, wow. nuts over The Bachelor. Uh-huh. Uh, what's another uh, one? Survivor. <clears throat> Survivor! Patrick, friend of the show, personal friend, Patrick. Crazy about Survivor. And he's a smart guy, and he loves it for, like, the weird machinations, and, or, you know, the weird plotting and all that yeah. is there. But but you're right. It's, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know uh, if there is more discernment or if we're less interested in it than we were. Or if there's a if there's just dividing segments. Are there any ways to, like, make these shows... Uh, any more s- substantial? I think it's addition by subtraction. Like we said, like stop the quick cuts, stop the music. Like you have to respect the audience enough. And again, I know we're talking, this is not fucking, you know, high art. Or no. But again, you, the, the audience, and we know this is, you know, kind of, you know, all is, you know, experiences performance. Like the audience is not, you know, completely just, stupid like they know what's going on they can pick up on cues so i mean for me like i'd at least at least like to see it without all the the hints and cues and i would just like give me the don't give me the 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 quick zoom and the the weird music when he says something rude like give me the awkward silence yeah like i'm more interested to hear like that pregnant pause yeah it's like uh you know oh what do you do you know i just brush my teeth twice a day and then there that's like a that's a pretty funny moment that speaks more volumes than than, dun 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 yeah yeah or so what do you what what is the difference between a documentary series and a reality show series is it how condescending it is like how heavy-handed the produce like the editing of it is well you know i think uh if it's I think a docu series does a uh what it accomplishes is telling a story over the whole series and there's there's a narrative arc um that is is achieved sort of over a longer stretch of time yeah. uh at least for the most part um <clears throat> whereas just a reality series um is just antics and 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 manufactured and preconceived is the word uh, situations yeah. um, of like, you know, all right, you're going to go out with your, your father-in-law. You guys are going to go hunting, uh, but you don't know how to shoot a, a gun correctly. So they <laughs> give you a bow and arrow. And that's what we're going to do. At that point, you're just fucking like making scenes in yeah. middle school with your friends and you get your hands on a camera. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think like even like in the case of like, you know, a, a successful documentary series or docu-series may make it a murder is you have a you have an innately you come upon a complex situation like that was a complex situation. You know, I think that can be said for sure. You know, whether or not who's guilty or who's innocent or what happened, like a lot of great, like a lot of motivations, a lot yeah. of independent players there. I mean, I think in reality. Again, like like Rich said, on top of just the fact that if there's any complexity, it's preconceived. But on top of that, there's just not a lot. Again, it's it's A and B. Yeah. It's dumb restaurant, smart corn Ramsey. You know, and it's like th- yeah. I think that's maybe um, the difference. Or also uh, to to kind of complement that, um, 
it could also be something very simple um, that uh, uh, you just approach curiously and you try to unpack and see like what else there is to this. Um, I don't have any examples offhand, but like that, that's also like just a curious mind uh, can also make something so simple. Like, did there you ever could see be a hero dreams of sushi? I mean, I have movie. not, no, but that that's pretty much exactly like it's about a guy who makes sushi, but again, it's the curious perspective that really lets you get into those yeah. details and expand it out in the right hands. I'm pretty sure you could have an eight episode series about Peter's Italian restaurant. Like those all seemed to be like I mean those are all all those people live there right yeah. like they didn't cast that right? right so like in the right hands that would be a compelling eight episode series potentially just follow them for a year you know I don't know. absolutely like you said you know and and through real you know patient one on one interviews you actually do get to like Peter like what like what is it like why are you the way you are <laughs> everyone around you. Seems to have at least a grasp on a thread of reality. Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah. And, you know, and and that's just the thing is that, like, Kitchen Nightmares is not interested in that at all. It is not interested as to why or how Peter got the way he was. It's just interested in in his antics. Yeah. Yeah. And, And just pointing and laughing. Yeah. Which, again, is totally valid entertainment. It's just a different kind of entertainment. Like we said, it's Commedia dell'arte. It's, you know, fucking... You know, it's why bears ride bicycles, you know? It's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you have. It's a spectacle. It's a spectacle, it. absolutely. <laughs> it's a spectacle. And it's something we haven't really gotten to. It's like, it's the... Uh, was it, you know, schadenfreude or whatever? It is, it is just the feeling of, wow, I'm not as... You know, well, I mean, I you know, again, you know, you guys know me as a more critical person. You know, maybe not everyone's feeling that, but certainly, you know, critics have discussed that reality television has that element. It's like, boy, I'm not as dumb as that guy. I don't have it as bad as that yeah. guy, or, or something. I'm yeah. sure glad that I'm not getting yelled at. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm, oh man, this is getting a really mean territory. Yeah. Have you guys seen any uh, making a murder at yes, all? Yes, I've seen it all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, you got to reckon with it, but like. There's a lot of dassies out there, yeah. yeah. You know, and those are the people that like have Nielsen boxes. Yep. And yep. you're gonna have a lot of dassies going like, "Oh man, <laughs> I'm smarter than that guy," or yep. like, you know, you know, "Oh man, at least I'm not." As, it's like, well, no, yes, uh, you don't want to watch, you know, like, you know, Honey Boo Boo yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, like it's pretty easy to, you know, feel the old self-esteem start to. You take a Rise. few dents and stuff, you know. But it, and then once you see these things, you're yeah. like, "Wow, I really am doing okay." Yeah, you know, you're like I'm doing all right, you know. I don't own a restaurant, but if I had one, I wouldn't I, do it like that. I certainly wouldn't run it like that. That, that's, <laughs> God, what an idiot that guy is! It's obvious what he's doing wrong. Oh, come on, <laughs> one stove. <laughs> They're using it for towels. <laughs> we don't use our one stove for towels. We use our bathtub for that. <laughs> uh, so, do you pick it up? I, I picked it up, but feel <laughs> feel bad on the inside until sure. until reality sure. TV dies. Not at all. And I hope again, just being very candid about our feelings or my feelings. Like, certainly don't you know mean as a criticism to you or anybody else who likes this show. No worries, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally know what I'm getting myself into when I watch yeah. it. I must have a. I'm trying. I've been trying to think of what I have. 
in that vein. And uh, I'm not sure what it is, you know. Maybe it's, you know, shit, I don't know. Um, I mean, there are some times where, like, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, man, I just want to, like, succumb and just turn it off. Like, yeah. I was fully on board the whole Jersey Shore mess. Like, yeah. I watched the shit out of that show. Like, not because I felt like it was enriching my life in any way. It's because I just had to see these fucking train wrecks. Yeah. Um, I, I was like me for Flavor of Love. Um, I mean, it was total, it was a, it was a total nightmare of a show. Um, but it was, uh, I, I mean, for me at least, it was a spectacle yeah. uh, at the time. And more than anything, it's like, I didn't know anybody like like these personalities in my day-to-day life. Right. Like this was like uh, it was a like almost like a learning experience. Yeah. Like I've never, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the person New York on that show, yeah. who like no she. Well, I've definitely heard of her, but I so not familiar. New York is this lady on Flavor of Love who I think she won the first season of it, where she won Flavor Flav's heart or whatever, and then <laughs> it didn't work. And then Flavor of Love 2 happened, and she got another... She got her own show. Yeah. She went from nobody, she was nobody, and then went on a reality show, yeah. and then got her own reality show. Yeah, it's insane. From it. it was insane, yeah. Um, I did grow up with, with Jackass and Viva yeah. La Bam and yeah. things like that, and, you know... And again, similar, you know, again, even if it's not a direct comparison to make myself feel better, but it's like, it's there, you know, and I... Shit, man, I loved... You know, and I could watch a ton of Jackass. You know, I'd love to just watch Jackass all day. Even the movies, uh, yeah. Jackass one and three, like, are pretty fucking spectacular. They are, and there's a lot of like thought and planning and things that, that yeah. go into all of those yeah. those movies. Not a fan of Toe. Yeah, um, <laughs> a little too uh, scatological for me. Yeah, uh, good. good criticism. But what about like, uh, like real world? Like, did you guys ever watch like Real World at all? You know, never, just never was really a part of it. You know, um, yeah, kind of in there for that that age bracket, but no, never see it. It was like fucking cool, and there was something looking back on it now that was like so pure about it because they the most convoluted thing they would do is give them like a job to go to. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> like, and if they didn't go to work, they didn't go to work. And aside from that, they were just in a house yeah. with food and booze. They had like a fucking show, like a, a church van to take them to clubs, uh, and then a phone room. Yeah. And that's all they had. Wow. And so they just had to. It was, it was a show about the human condition. And like putting these people from all different walks of life, because they made a point to do that, mm-hmm. under one roof and expose them to types of people they may not have been exposed to before. It was a fucking huge sociological experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah and not just the people in the show, but people watching the show. Like the first yeah. season was was actually pretty um, like an, an important season of television. Yeah, they had uh, a guy I forget his name who had uh, AIDS. Uh, I. Yeah, you know, know who you're talking about. about. I completely forget. I'm and, blanking on the know, name that, right and now. And this was like early '90s. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think he died of AIDS during the sh- like the show during or like shortly thereafter. Yeah, I don't exactly remember, but it was still it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and otherwise, you know, it, it's at a time like that, you know, you don't see, you know, 
uh, gay dudes in that light, like yeah. uh, on television. No. Um, and and MTV had had a bunch. I think they led the charge, honestly, with a lot of reality television. Sure. Um, they they had some pretty good stuff actually. There was I forget the name of the show uh, where it's like uh, I think it's something like My Name Is, and then it's like True Life. True Life, yeah. True, true Life. True Life is great. Yeah, which was a a good docu series. Yeah, docu series. Yeah. Like True Life, like I'm a hoarder. True Life, I'm a a cutter or something. Yes. Or True Life, I'm any one of these things, yeah. I thought it was artfully done. All those, oh, absolutely, all those episodes. Yeah. So again, you know, um, you know, it's, you can't condemn reality TV as a whole by any means. You know, again, it brings a lot of, yeah, it's an interesting form in itself, but it's generated a lot of really cool shows as well. You know, I would love a a real world type thing that somehow injected improv, not improv, <laughs> into the show, but like. Impro- like an improviser house. There, there, oh was, my God. there was not not that, but they had one. They had a real world in L.A. where they made them take an improv class at I.O. West once. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I would love something like that. Last comic standing was was neat, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, so yeah, reality TV. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts on Kitchen Nightmares? Watch the UK version, and look, there's. There's Amy's Baking Company, which you might not have heard. It's a it's a baking company in Arizona. Yeah. And it's on YouTube. It's got several million hits. It's like the craziest episode uh, oh, yeah. on on there. Favorite favorite Gordy Rams Gordon Ramsay insult or comment mm-hmm. from this episode or or another. So it, what was really uh, special about this episode is it's the first time he orders crab cakes on the U.S. version. Okay. Um. So if there's crab cakes on the menu, he orders it. Yeah. And what he will do is he will ask you if they're frozen. And nine times out of ten, they will say no. These are fresh. And yeah. they're they were frozen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Oh, you should not have brought up crab cakes. Because, like, I'm about to fucking dive into this topic right now. You guys got another hour? We're going to go down the ocean and eat some crab cakes, huh? Uh, <laughs> like, I grew up, like, you know, taking trips to Balmer. And, like, my mom, like, picking through a crab cake going, like, it's, like, all filler. It's just all filler in here. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's like all breading and shit like that. God, we, not a lot of, not using lump crab meat, you know, using shit from the claw. Like, let me ask you something. Um, and this is actually going to get pretty heavy on crab cakes because I love yeah. crab cakes. I mean, uh, typically not a big shellfish guy. I want to take uh, you down to Fell's Point and get you like, oh man, one of the best crab cakes I ever had in my life is down at Fell's Point. What's the relationship with condiments and a crab cake? Is a, is a crab cake like a fine piece of meat where, you know, it should be able to stand on its own? Or is it something where it's like, you gotta have a little bit of the sauce with it? Or I'm just, in general, I am of the uh, line of thinking that um, a condiment should be like a, a on a, a need-to basis. Okay. I... If I have to have ketchup with my French fries, it's not. Those fries are probably not that. There's something wrong with the fry. Yeah. Like, or it's just not for me. But there's some people that just fucking love ketchup. Yeah. Um, or or it's really great ketchup. Like, I will stand uh, on the top of the tallest building in Dubai and hold steady fast that Whataburger ketchup is the best ketchup on earth. Gotcha. Um, but that's like the only exception. Um, so it really just kind of depends on. On 
who you ask and and your, what your taste is. Yeah. Uh, acceptable condiments. Um, really like tartar sauce. Yeah, that's kind of what it which, is. Which like just completely drowns out any flavor. It's not like it it doesn't complement a flavor. You're right. You know, I'm just admitting a, a tough a tough thing to myself. You know, yeah. I'm just like you love it, but it's like. You're just saucing it up. You're you know, masking it. You're masking it. Yeah. You just fucking love mayo or whatever. So yeah, uh, or or even like a cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce doesn't mask flavors, in my opinion, as much. Uh-huh. Um, but if you have a, just a kick-ass crab cake, like man, your fucking mouth is just having a jubilee of flavor inside of it anyway. So totally. you don't need anything. Good enough for fucking Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Good enough for me. A decent crab cake, you know. Yeah, and and it's near impossible in my experience to get a uh, a a good crab cake, much less a great one outside of Maryland. Yeah, uh, I remember my mom started like uh, Phillips started like canning again. It was claw meat, so it wasn't the best, but they started like you know carrying it in Publix back home. So my mom started making crab cakes and little crab balls and everything, and. Um, my dad's been in the restaurant business all my life, and uh, he was working at this one restaurant, and like he came, like they're separated, and uh, came over for, like a big uh, neighborhood thing. He had some. He's like, Carmen, you gotta give me your recipe. She's like, Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god. Yeah, you know, um, crab cake. That went on for years, by the Kick way. Uh, hey man, understandable. Um, Gordon Ramsay. Ism that actually, you know, I don't necessarily know that I have something from the episode, uh, but uh, just to refer back to what Rudy said earlier, he either said Gordon Ramsay is a maniac or a psychopath for the truth, which is like a campaign slogan if I've ever heard one. <laughs> you know, and it's a huge Harvey compliment. Dent, a psychopath go, for the truth. What a huge compliment. It'd be like, you know, exactly like. It's like two women. It's like, well, I, I want to set you up with one of my friends. Okay, well, I have to tell you, he is a psychopath for the truth. And it's like, you know, what? are you going to turn that date down? I don't know if you are, because it's like, well, he sounds intense, but about the right thing. So, yeah, I thought that was a really, really great uh, compliment, Rudy. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. All righty. Well, I think that wraps us up for, for this episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, again, this show would not be around if it were not for you guys, our loyal listeners, uh, some of the, the greatest fans in the world, things like that. Um, you can always uh, reach the show a number of ways, and we encourage you to do show do so. As Rich likes to say, uh, we like this to be a dialogue rather than a monologue. There's a number of ways you can get in touch with us. You can always search us out on Facebook and find our page by searching picked up on facebook you can email us if you ever need to uh by sending an email over to picked up podcast at gmail.com and really one of our favorite ways uh tweet at us you can tweet at us at picked up pod um excuse me if you'd like to do what rudy did and suggest a pick for the show we do have a process uh that you would go through rich would you like to tell us about that absolutely head on over to that sexy beast of a facebook page robert mentioned earlier and that's where you leave your your suggestion of what you want us to watch what you want our opinion on what you want to put us through that's where you leave that and then you lock that in you by going over to wherever it is that you're subscribed to us, 
uh, either iTunes, Stitcher, what have you. If you're not subscribed to us, subscribe to us. You're just making extra work for yourself. Yeah, really. Having to seek us out every week. You need to do that. And so you got a bunch of other shows to do it with, too. So you so need to do it. In the, the ratings and review section, give us a rating. Leave us a review. If you leave us a review, we know that you are engaged. And you can, like, if there's any like little nitpicks or whatever, that's where you leave those, and we work on them. Exactly. Tell us what you think. When we did UK Drunk History, yeah. one of the producers yeah. of Drunk History UK uh, was kind enough to, to, uh, to tweet us and let us know about the process. Yeah. Super cool. So yeah, if you if you work on Kitchen Nightmares, if you're Gordon Ramsay, if you're hit Gordon Ramsay, tweet us right now. <laughs> hit us up, dude. I'd love to talk to you. Love to to get your uh, views on a few things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not a lock in uh, your choice there. Absolutely. Um, as uh, well, there are a number of shows that you can listen to on the Arcade Audio Network, not just here at Picked Up. Uh, you can always tune in to Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment, uh, with Rich, Mullet, Tope, Augie, with many of uh, the Swoggle squad. Um, in addition to that, there is sister podcast, Married with Movies, with Mullen and Sam. You got the occasional blank slate going up, courtesy of Rich. Uh, this guest. Friday. Yep, this Friday. Oscar Pickums. Oscar Pickums, new blank slate coming out this Friday. In addition to that. You or, got- no, last Friday. Sorry. Time is... Uh- <laughs> Is a flat circle. <laughs> it really is. In the podcast. Go back and listen to how wrong we were. Yeah. It, head on over. Uh, listen to Dilettante Ball with Johnny Spencer. And um, what else? Uh, in, uh, and, uh, and. 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 <laughs> the one I'm saving the best for last. We have the man here himself, the curator of the Our Father podcast, Rudy Mendoza. That's right. Our Father. It's a confessional podcast where we have Patrick Connolly of World News Tonight. Here at the I.O. in Chicago, uh, he is a priest who listens to crazy people do confessions. And I'm really excited about the next episode that we got going on. It's uh, the return of Sven. Oh, excellent. Sven is coming back to the church. At this point, you have a a good eight or ten or even twelve episodes that you can enjoy of Our Father. Yeah, we're up to like eleven. Yeah, definitely give that a listen. Uh, And all these fantastic shows you can always find by going to arcadeaudio.net. Yeah, our, uh, our father comes out uh, bi-weekly, uh, so check that out. Also, coming out, uh, uh, and our father comes out on Mondays now, uh, so every other Monday. Uh, Sundays, uh, brand new podcast on the Arcade Audio Network, RJ Hates Rap. Uh, Tope loves rap, RJ hates rap, and it's a real educational experience. That is fantastic. At the time of this podcast, I will be I will be headed to the city of New York next week to stay with just those two gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll uh, maybe I'll be able to see that that show firsthand. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! It'd be pretty fun, all right. Uh, yeah. So that that is for the network, uh, fellas. You got any personal plugs you'd like to plug? Um, Rudy, our guest, you first. Oh, thank you. Uh, I am at the Bug House Theater every Thursday night at eight p.m. Uh, with the Chicago Improv Studio Ensemble. Um, so come check it out. There's a, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, I started a band called Chocolate Jesus. It's uh, Tom Waits' cover band. 
and we'll be doing some Tom Waits covers in the month of April. Uh, anywhere to find uh, Chocolate Jesus? Not yet. Okay. There, there will be soon. Keep an eye out. Keep where, an can, eye out. where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, they could find me at uh, uh, Brother Sport at uh, on Twitter. Hell yeah. And on Instagram too, right? Yes. Hell yeah. Um, any other shows uh, you want to plug or anything? Uh, that's that's cool. it. I was doing a horror movie show, but that's over. That's over? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry I missed that. It's okay. No worries. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rich Cammy, Rich Cammy Four on Instagram, Garlic Not Forty Four on Snapchat. <laughs> um, uh, I don't have any shows coming up yet, but who knows? One day I'll start putting my ass up on a stage. Um, and yeah, I mean, at a certain point, Robert, you just, all you have to say is ArcadeAudio.net because that's a lot of shows to get through. So I, that is true. That is true. I love. I I savor that. I savor that moment and uh, and enumerating all the quality programming. But yeah, we'll probably just have to switch over to ArcadeAudio.net. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys can find me alongside Rudy Mendoza and many other talented people at the Bug House on Thursday nights uh, as part of the Chicago Improv Studio Ensemble, led by very talented, excellent teacher Bill Arnett, who will be starting a level one soon. Check that out if you're interested at all. You can find me on Twitter at rbravo, rbravo. You can find me on Instagram at real.robbravo. You can find me on Snapchat at Rob PBR, and I am still honoring the standing offer of I will, upon request, and the submission of a compliment of uh, either one of us or the show, uh, I will uh, shotgun a beer, and uh, you'll you'll hear about Hell it. Hell yeah. If you haven't uh, seen the picture, to go <laughs> along with the, the Easter egg audio from last week, head yes. on over to... to uh, that episode of Ripper Street on ArcadeAudio.net. That's the only place you'll be able to find that picture. So yes. do that. Also, you can't prove a thing. So <laughs> I mean, that too. That too. It's very unincriminating, but like, you know, yeah, you get to see Robert. For all you fans out there. In my element. So uh, that's going to do it for our lovely and fantastic friend and guest, Rudy Mendoza. For my great, great friend and partner in the stream team, Richard, and for myself, Robert. Thank you so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.